0: Well my friend, this is Pastor Christopher. All. I'm at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your family are doing well. We are on the subject of our of our uh, identity and authority in Christ Jesus. And yesterday we talked about uh, the most profound of God's mysteries and secrets that was hidden from uh, from mankind for for through the ages. And the and the Greeks demanded. Uh, Uh, wisdom and the Jews demanded a sign but they couldn't see it and the devil couldn't see it because the Bible says if he could see it he would have never crucified the Lord of glory and that mystery is revealed to us hallelujah for those of us who love him by his spirit and you know what that mystery is that is what God did for mankind for you and for me through Jesus Christ at the cross at his death and his resurrection at the you know, and, and by uh, raising him to his own right hand side in heaven, through that process, process what God has done for man, mankind through us. So the, that hidden mystery is something it is so simple, yet it is so profound. It is so deep that man couldn't figure it out, but God has revealed it to us through His spirit and that is the story of the cross because the mystery the secret thing of god the greatest thing god has ever done on this earth is found in the story of the cross so now we are going to talk about we are going to talk about some of the things that uh, you know that hidden mystery contains what God has done for you you and me at the cross. We are going to go into that and then we're going to work our way into who we are in Christ and what authority we have in Christ, but it's all based on what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. So, so I, we are now going into, you know, that hidden mystery. What has actually, what God has actually done for us upon the cross? Is the cross just a symbol? Or is the cross only that, well, you know, I'm saved through the cross. I mean, what actually happened at the cross? So I'm going to take some of these things and, uh, which are from the scriptures and I'm going to share with you so you get a fuller understanding of what God has done for us at the cross. The first scripture I want to share with you is John 17, 3, and it says, and this is eternal life that they know that you are the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So this is a prayer that the Lord Jesus prayed and he prayed for for us. And he says, this is eternal life, that they know that you are the only true God and Jesus Christ who you have sent. So, you know, we live in a world, there's so many gods, there's so many deities, but um, you know, and Hindus have their own gods, Muhammad have their own God, and the Muslims, they claim that we have the same God, but we don't, you know. And so everybody has his own God. But Jesus said, you are the only true God, our God, the Father of the, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only true God. There is no other God. And Jesus Christ has been sent by the only true God. And Acts 4.12, this is Peter preaching, He's actually telling the Jewish priests and he's telling them and there is salvation and in and through no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by and which we must be saved. Now, you know, I mean, you had these priests who actually, um, uh, had Jesus crucified. They're the ones who said to the Romans, crucify him and crucify him. And, uh, You know, you sometimes wonder what were they offering to the people? What hope of salvation were they offering to the people? And here they were, you know, they were mad at Jesus and uh, had him crucified. And now Jesus is crucified and he's risen from the dead. And now Peter, James and John, the disciples of Jesus, God is doing amazing things to them. And so, you know, they dragged them in to, uh, to the, to, uh, you know, before the priest to explain uh, why this man who had been born lame had been, had, had been crippled, paralyzed all these years was God, he, was, he had been healed. And they began to preach Jesus to them. And then they said this, there is salvation in and through no one else. That means that, listen, there is no salvation in Moses. There's no salvation in Abraham, there's no salvation in Judaism, there's no and if, I mean of course they were Jews but to us there's no salvation in any other religion. I mean, look, there's many religions in this world and they all say some good things, but there is salvation in and through no one else. This is categorical. For there is none other name under heaven given among men by which man can be saved. That means there is only one name through which man can be saved, and that is the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That is the only name by which man can be saved, Jesus Christ. Then in John 3, 6, we are talking about the new birth, the dynamics of the new birth. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. This is when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and saying, "You must be born again, and Nicodemus didn't understand what it means to be born again and and John uh, Jesus said that listen, there's two kinds of birth: that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit so there is a birth of the flesh, but there's a birth of the spirit. And when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord, our spirit, we are, we, we are spiritually born. We are born again in our spirit. Our spirit man is born again. And then it says here in John 1 verses 12 to 13, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority The power, the privilege, the right to become the children of God. That is to those who believe in his name. Who owe their birth neither to bloods nor to the will of the flesh, that of physical impulse, nor to the will of man, that of a natural father, but to God. They are born of God. Now this is what the new birth is. It says that, uh, you know, it actually says that he came, he came to this world, but the world didn't know him. He came to his own, the people of Israel, but the people of Israel didn't receive him. But he says, but to as many as did receive him, didn't matter what nation, what tribe, what culture, what religion they came from, as many as did receive Jesus Christ, to them he gave the power the privilege and the right. I'm reading from the, from the Amplified. It means that those people, all those, irrespective of the race, color, creed, whatever they came from, all those <coughs> who received him, he gave them the right, the power, the privilege to become the sons of God. That is to those who believe in his name. And he says, these people who received Jesus, receive the right to become the sons of God who owe their birth neither to blood nor to the will of the flesh that is a physical impulse nor to the will of man that of a natural father but to God they are born of God. So there was a time I was born my father and my mother through the act of procreation, I was conceived and I was born. That is when I was born of man. But on December the 13th, 1975, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says that I was born of God. And this new birth, when I was born of God, is as real and even more real than when i was born of my parents and i say more real it means that birth that i uh, received through my parents by coming into this world that birth and that uh, you know uh, that life and it ends with death but this new birth i have received from god when i am born of the spirit of god himself that lasts for eternity. So, I am a son of God, a child of God, like you are. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are the children of God through all eternity. And we are not just believers in Jesus Christ, but we are born of God. Hallelujah. What a privilege it is to say that, that I am born of God. Then it says here 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'm talking about the, the, the power of what God has wrought in us, you know, because this is the mystery. Uh, I am talking about what God has done um, in our lives for us through the through the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. What has God done for us? And this is the first thing that he has done for us, that we are born of God. As many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. You and I beloved, we have become sons of the most high God. And we have the right to call ourselves the sons of God on this earth because God declares that we are the sons of God. So it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any person, I'm reading from the Amplified, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. Now, this is this is powerful. It says therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, if anyone is put into Christ, it says he's a new creation, a new creature altogether. Now, the new creature, we says we are a new creation, new creature. It actually it actually in the Greek it means a new species of being that has never existed before. All right? A new species that has not existed before. Now, sometimes you hear about scientists (coughs) in the jungles of Borneo or somewhere, they found a new kind of bird or insect or animal, a species that they didn't know existed. But here's the thing, that species that they discovered, it didn't just begin to exist when they discovered it. It has existed since the beginning of when God created the earth. The only thing is that man has not seen it because it lived in the depth of the jungle, but now it has been discovered. So we are not new creation in the sense that we have been discovered, but we are a totally new species of being that never existed before. And this is very significant because you see, in those days, in the days of the Bible, uh, in the Jewish mind, there were only two kinds of people on this earth, and that is the Jew and the Gentile. So you have the Jews who were kind of inside, then you have the Gentiles who were outsiders. Now here is Paul is basically saying that it's no longer the Jews and the Gentiles, the two kinds of people who inhabit this earth, but he said there's a third kind of person who walks on this earth, and that third kind of person is the new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So now it is no longer just Jew and Gentile. It is Jews, it is Gentiles, and there is this third kind of person who is a new species who has never existed before, but God has created him in Christ Jesus. So he says, if any person is in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature that has never existed before, a new creature altogether. And he says, this is the thing about this new creature. The old spiritual and moral condition has passed away. That means this new creation has no past. Behold the fresh and new has come. So what happens, this is one of the greatest things that God does in our lives through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. When I gave my life to Jesus, I was not only just born again and born of God, but I was born of God, a new creature, and I don't have a past. Just think of it. I don't. In the eyes of God, I don't have a past because all things are passed away and all things have become new when you give your life to jesus your old things they are passed away you don't identify yourself with them anymore because god has taken them and put them upon jesus all your old sins and they have been forgotten by god and the Bible says that I will, I will take away their sins and I will remember them no more. So you might remember them, but God doesn't remember them. So it's good that we also forget them. But God tells us to remember certain things. And you know what he wants us to, for, he, to remember? He says, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So we should, the things we should remember are the things that the Lord has done for us. And all those things of the past, forget them, walk away from them. And the more you walk away from them, uh, the fainter the memories get and the lesser a hold. they will have on your psyche. Because if you keep the, the past alive, it will keep on coming back and come alive to torment you again and again until you begin to identify yourself with what you were in the past. Never do that. Forget the past and embrace what God has done for you in Christ. He says, The old things have passed away. The old spiritual and moral uh, 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 condition has passed away. And behold, the fresh and the new has come. When you give your life to Jesus, everything is fresh and new. That's the beginning of a new life. When I gave my life to Jesus... That was the beginning of a new life for me. I was born again. Hallelujah. My old man was finished, that was done with, and this new life sprang forth. And that is one of the greatest miracles that God can do in the heart of a man. So then it says in Colossians 1:13. Now we are talking about the mystery of what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. Now you might, you know, some people might look at this and say, Ah, these are not real to me. Listen. These are real. You know why I know these are real? Because God's word says they are real. Because God says they are real, they are real. And this is the next reality what God has done for you and me through Jesus Christ at his death and at his resurrection. Colossians 1.13 says, it says the Father (coughs) has delivered us and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and he has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So what it says is that the Father has delivered us and He has drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness. We have been delivered and pulled out of the dominion of darkness and we have been transferred into the kingdom of the Son of His love. You know, let me tell you a story. You know, when when I got saved, I was in prison and uh, they persecuted me because, uh, you know, I refused to recant and go back to uh, the religion of my forefathers. And they, you know, they want me to renounce Christ. Then they said that kill me and execute me. So so I escaped. So when I escaped, uh, I finally anyway, through many different countries, I was in Belgium, Holland, and all those places. Then I finally ended up in Sweden. And when I was in Sweden, um, I had to apply for political asylum. I got political asylum. So Uh, One day I was living in the city of Uppsala in Sweden, and a guy there from my uh, similar background than I, I, but he was a Muslim guy, he told me, uh, he says, uh, Mr. Alam, I want you to know one thing. I said, what? He says, do you know? Uh, that um, from the embassy they have in Stockholm, uh, they have been operative and intelligence officer from the embassy who has been following you around in Uppsala because, you know, my, my my dad was a general. He was a big shot. He had a lot of influence. So they knew that I was in Sweden. So they had sent an intelligence oper- operative to follow me around. And he says, he's been following around. I said, for what? He said, I don't know, but I just want you to know that these people are following you around. And I thought to myself and I said, oh, wow, am I in danger? But then I realized they could not do anything to me because I was no longer under their jurisdiction. I was in Sweden and when I was in Sweden, those people have no jurisdiction. They cannot do anything to me. And then I was reminded of of the scripture, how God has taken me out of the jurisdiction of the devil. He has taken me out of the kingdom of darkness and he has removed me from there and transferred me to the kingdom of his dear son. So God took me out of the jurisdiction of the uh, you know, uh, uh, of the devil. So, in other words, I was in the jurisdiction of the country that persecuted me, that imprisoned me, they wanted to kill me, that wanted to destroy me. But God took me out of there and brought me to Sweden. And now, when I became a Swedish a citizen in Sweden, they could not touch me. They could follow me around and do whatever they wanted, but they could never, never, never touch me because they didn't have the right nor the power to do so. In the same way, We were in darkness. God took us out of there and he took us out of the dominion of darkness and he put me in the kingdom of his son. And so what happened? Now the devil can shout and talk and he can follow me around, dance around me as much as he wants, but he cannot touch me because He has no power over me because Jesus has totally defeated him. And God has taken me out of his dominion and he has brought me into the kingdom of his son. And beloved, the same goes for you. You are no longer under the dominion of darkness. The devil cannot put any curses on you. He can do absolutely zilch, zero, nothing to you. Because God has taken you out of the dominion of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of Jesus. And you are now a citizen of heaven, a citizen of New Jerusalem. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God and the devil cannot touch you. He can only have as much power over you as you give him, but you don't have to. You take your stand. Hallelujah. Praise God. So anyway, so these are the things that God has done for us. Now, I want to read to you from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 to 7. Okay. Now, this also tells us what God has done for us. Even when we were dead by our own shortcomings and trespasses. So when we were dead, we were dead because of our fault, our sins and shortcomings and trespasses. He made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ he gave us the very, I love this, I love the Amplified. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same life with which he quickened him. For it is by grace, his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve that you are saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation. So what, what he's saying is that, you see, when Jesus died, okay? When Jesus died uh, and, 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 and God his life into him. You know, he says, Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the father. So that's what he's talking about. He says that, that Jesus was, you know, so what he's saying is this, that your salvation, my salvation, uh, God giving us our salvation and God raising Jesus from the dead in the eyes of God was the one and same act of God. Okay. So I might say that I was saved on December the 13th, 1975. Yes, that's my timeline and my that was the date on my calendar. But in the eyes of God, I was raised together with Jesus the day when Jesus was raised together from the dead. You know, that's how God says. So what it says that when we were dead, Jesus was dead in the grave and we were dead and we were dead by our own shortcomings and sins. God made us alive together in union with christ how did he raise us up he gave us the very life of christ himself The same new life with which he raised up Jesus. So what God did when when he raised up Jesus, what did he do? He gave, he poured his own life into his son and raised him up. Because the Bible says Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the father. That was the life of the father himself came into Jesus and raised him from the dead. In the same way, when I received Jesus on the street on 13th of December, 1975, the same life that God poured into Jesus. Jesus. He poured into me. He poured into Christopher Alam, the sinner, that same life that he poured into Jesus. And he raised Christopher Alam from the dead together with Christ. Hallelujah. So I was raised together with Christ. And it is by grace that is because of his favor and mercy, which you and I did not deserve, that we are saved. Hallelujah. Then it says verse six, and he raised us up together with him that he 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 raised us up together with jesus together so i was raised up when jesus was raised up to heaven (coughs) i was raised up together with him and he made us sit down together giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in christ hallelujah so what it means is that when i was saved i was put into christ so i became a part of christ not separate from christ but i was in christ it's not jesus is here i'm here but i am hidden in christ this is christ this is me I'm hidden in Christ. My life is hidden in Christ. It's not that Jesus is here. I am here. God raised up Jesus. God raised me. No, he said he put me in Christ. And the same life that he poured into Jesus, he poured into me and raised me up together with Jesus. And he seated me together in Christ at his own right hand side. Hallelujah. That is the power of the new birth. That Oh, may the Lord help us get a revelation of that understand the wonderful power of this new creation how God reached down and how he when he raised up Jesus from the dead he raised us up together with him in him with that same life so that same life that came through Jesus it came to us pulsated us in us and raised us up and he raised us up together with Christ. I'm reading from the Amplified and made us sit together with Christ in, in heavenly places and in verse 7 says he did this, that he, here's the way, reason he did it. He did it that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace His unmerited favor and His kindness and goodness of heart towards towards us in Christ Jesus. God did this so that in the ages to come, He will demonstrate to us His immeasurable riches of His goodness and grace that He pours into us again and again and again. Beloved, let me tell you something. God is not against you. He's working in you and me. Even in difficult things that we go through, that we wonder what it's all about. Listen, don't look at the value of your life from what is happening right now. We are here for eternity. If you look at the bigger picture, you will understand God is doing something awesome, something great in your life, greater than you can ever comprehend. Hallelujah. So, Before I conclude this lesson, I want to tell you this. We have to understand the following things. We have to understand who our father is. We have to understand what our father owns. Then we have to understand what our father can do. Once we understand these three things, who our father is, what our father owns, what our father can do, then we will understand who I am, what I own, and what I can do because we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Praise the Lord. May the Lord give us an understanding and a revelation of these things and may we walk in faith and victory and then we can face any circumstances in life victory knowing that God is with us and we are more than conquerors in heaven in in uh, uh, we are more than conquerors in this life through him and our names are written in heaven hallelujah and we're going to spend eternity with Jesus we are destined to win hallelujah let's pray together and we'll meet again tomorrow father in the name of Jesus i pray for my uh, brothers and sisters i thank you lord you said you'd bless our food and our water turn every sickness away from us Put your blessing upon each one of our lives, Father, and lead us and guide us, Father. Thank you, Father, for your wonderful love and your care for us. We thank you for all that you've done for us through the blood of your precious Son, Jesus. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, keep on serving the Lord with gladness, and we'll, be able, we'll see you tomorrow again, and we're going to continue again, and uh, yeah, just stay in faith. And, keep on expecting great things from God.